You're listening to episode 51 of the Business of Making podcast. This week, we are talking about smallering. We hope you enjoy it. Do you want to make it as a maker? This is the Business of Making podcast with your hosts, Michaela Denvers, Deb Engelmeyer, and Jess Van Den. We know from experience that growing a handmade business is bloody hard work. We're here to make it a little bit easier for you by dishing out reality-based, no BS, tried and tested advice on how to make your business work. Tune in every week for an honest conversation on what it really takes to make a creative business a success. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Making podcast. We are really excited to be recording again because we have had a little bit of a break with Jess and Deb going overseas, lucky ducks. Uh, How long were you overseas for? A long time, like two months. (laughs) And uh, in Europe of all places, and Jess has been over to New Zealand, lucky ducks have just been in Canberra working. So what happens when you have a job? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, but we're back recording and it's very, Ooh. very nice to see you both and it's nice to be jumping back into it. So welcome everybody. Thank you for listening. Today, we're going to be talking about something uh, called smallering or preferred non-growth or keeping your business small or just not uh, hitting the big time. I don't know. <laughs> we can talk about it. Um, but before we jump into that, I do want to read out a review from a lovely listener of ours called Nikki. And Nikki says, hit subscribe and enjoy the ride. I look forward to Tuesdays because I know I will learn something, be entertained and become inspired. This podcast is the brainchild of three accomplished women who combined, whose combined function is to guide the creative entrepreneur to reach her full potential. That's a really good description. We should steal that for our bar one. <laughs> they are, at their heart, three beautiful souls who care deeply and are passionate about their purpose. They are extraordinarily knowledgeable, gracious, and real. They help without judgment, no matter what level of skill or expertise you have. Thank you so much, Nikki. Yeah, oh, Nikki, so, thank so you nice. so much. Nikki's a Patreon as well. So thank you so much for your support. And can we hire you to do like a About Us page on the website? Please, that would be great. <laughs> That was fantastic. Thank you, Nikki. Yeah, that was really nice. So I guess it's time to jump in to Mm. the nitty-gritty of what is smallering. Well, I think let's, uh, big picture, the whole capitalist mindset is growth, growth, growth. Like that's what our entire like our entire global system is based on. Like if you're not growing, you're dying. You know, you must always be growing. You must always be getting bigger. And Personally, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I don't think that's the case for a lot of small businesses that you have to be growing. Uh, I myself have maintained for a couple of years and we can talk more about that later. But I think think a lot of people get caught up in this concept of you have to be growing, you have to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger all the time, otherwise you're somehow failing. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, vanity around that and ego Mm -hmm. involved in that and it's sadly being marketed so much as the the thing that you need to feel like an accomplished human and have a happy life. It's like, 
you know, you've all seen those marketing things like grow your shop past six figures. I make five minute, five figure overnight on Etsy doing this one quick thing. And it's kind of like, okay, so how many hours like did you work to get there? And were you happy while you were doing it? Or were you like stressing out that, you know, it wasn't really worth it. And I say that coming from a place where I've been myself working way too much and I'm sure I will again in the future, but it's, it's, I think people are getting a bit tired with that. And so there's that movement now coming up or it's just getting a bit louder about like, what if it wasn't about making more money? Like what if it was Mm -hmm. about having more time and actually being less anxious and less stress and not necessarily pushing for more in terms of like, yeah, financially. Mm -hmm. So most of the literature, most of the literature, (laughs) like what I'm talking about, um, really focuses on business outcomes in terms of either growth, financial growth or, um, well, yeah, basically financial growth. (laughs) So finances or growth of the company as in more employees and all that kind of stuff. Um, But what it doesn't take into account is that benchmark of success is really not what everyone wants. And so some of the new literature coming out around that and research and studies, et cetera, are focusing, especially in the realm of women-owned businesses, is focusing more on Um, we'll just like, what do we want as part of our success benchmark? And there's all sorts of different things that people want. And it's really clear to me that it's not just money and it's not just growth. So, um, yeah, I think we need to redefine that success. Yeah, I think let's just say there's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with wanting to make more money or to grow your business to make more money. That's fine. But, like, why did you start this in the first place? And I think we're all individually the stuff we teach is very much about this is about finding your why uh, what's the reason that you're doing this and what's the motivation behind it and therefore do you have to build your business to x dollars or could you have slightly less but you have more of a lifestyle like what's the what's the reason behind this this uh, wanting to have this business rather than having a job for example mm-hmm and again, going back to the literature, it really shows that women um, always put their lifestyle factors above that of money or any other success factor. So, yeah, it's the lifestyle generally that we want. And again, that's different for everyone. What that means, you know, it's mm. different. It's easy to get caught up in it, though. I think a lot of people would say on paper, like in a survey or something, yes, I value happiness over money. But then is that aligned with the way we run our businesses? Like not necessarily, because I feel like there's always this pressure to like, you can't have a successful business if it's not like constantly growing and you're not like, you know, where really you can. Um, and I think we should talk about this idea of like just staying. I think there's also, okay, there's two things here. There's, you could decide that you're where you want to be because your goal is not to make a full time income. It might be just that you want to supplement for your retirement. It might be that you just want, I don't know, you just don't, necessarily want to go big it might be that you want a full-time income but you're there and you just don't need to be making more because you know it would be taking so much more of your time and that's something that's precious to you and then there's the other part that's actually just purely financial which is if I make more the taxes threshold change and then eventually (laughs) like you know so eventually you're, you're working more to not make much more and you just that's when it becomes like not worth it. And a lot of people don't talk about that. They're like, oh, I make so much money. And it's like, first, it's like a revenue numbers. You don't actually know like how much money they took on. And with taxes and all this stuff that goes up, I mean, depends where you are in the world, but I guess all systems are the same. The more you make, the more you pay. Um, 
it, there's a point where it's like, is it really worth it? Is it, is it worth it me putting more time and energy into that? Is there a bigger purpose or a bigger reason for which I would want to, you know, do that? Hmm. I think too, when, sorry, Jess, <laughs> I think too, when people, um, along that same line, if you are wanting to grow, of course, it's not just making more money, it's bringing on more people, your team grows. And what if you don't like people? <laughs> you, know, you really want to work by yourself. Yeah. Then maybe, you know, bringing on more people in a team and having all that money is not actually going to be anything that you want to do because mm. maybe you want to do the opposite. You really just want to keep it a one-person operation and that's completely fine. I think that's an incredibly important point, Mick. Um, I'll use myself as an example here. So I've been running a ferial over 10 years, create and thrive for seven years, whatever it's been. And probably over the last three or four years, I've kind of reached a certain financial point and we have pretty much maintained that for the last four or so years. Uh, so that's a certain revenue number. Uh, it's not huge. It's not small. Like it's, it supports us full time, myself and, and Nick, my husband, uh, and pays for everything. But what that meant when we ha- have gotten to that point one, we have so much more free time because when you set up systems in your business, things just run and you don't have to spend as much time setting things up. So just be aware of that in the first few years, you're always going to work harder because you're setting up all that stuff and you're learning all that stuff. But when you get to that point and you find that maintenance point, it can be really relaxing (laughs) because you just, you know what you have to do, you know how much work you have to do generally. uh, And you can just maintain that, I guess, lifestyle amount of income without having to be constantly pushing and constantly moving and doing more work. And also what you said about the employee thing, like I've been asked numerous times over the years, why don't you hire someone else to do X, Y, and Z? Like hire someone to make your jewelry so you guys don't have to do that or whatever. And I'm like, well, I don't want to have, (laughs) I don't want to hire someone to do that because then I would, you know, then we'd have to keep the shop open all the time because they'd have a job that we'd be responsible for and we'd have to keep, them employed and I'm too much of a control freak to let someone else make and ship and do everything to do with with my my jewelry business uh with my create and thrive other business yeah I could probably hire somebody and I'm in the future maybe planning on doing that to do some more of the sort of day-to-day uh virtual work um because that's something that doesn't change but yeah all of thinking about all of that stuff like what do you want your life to look like what do you want your business to look like do you want to be able to shut for a two months and go on a holiday once every few years or something like that. If you hire people to do stuff, you can't do that because you're responsible for them. You're responsible for providing their job. So all of those things come together in these decision-making processes. Mm, Definitely. I think something as well is that people forget what it means when you get to a high level, especially when we're talking about handmade, like there's literally a point where you can't scale past like how fast you can make something. And if you don't want to hire that's an issue. And then there's also, you know, to have something that's truly scalable where you can like sell more without spending more time, that's not going to be truly handmade. And so a lot of shops that are now really successful, blah, 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 started maybe as making like what would call like pure handmade. I don't even know what pure handmade mean, but you know what I mean? Like actually mm-hmm. made by hand by them. And then they sort of go and work with brands that buy their design and sort of start manufacturing there. And they might still have like a high line of stuff, like a one product collection that's like made by them. Um, but they have to sort of do things differently or they start, you know, it's like the illustrator that kind of start and, and, and does more digital products. And, and so it's like, is that the business you want to have? And if so, then that's cool. 
But for a lot of people, that's not really what you want or what they want because they start thinking, oh, I like making and I want to make a living making, not, you know, talking with manufacturers. (laughs) Very different business. Mm. Yes. Yes. Hey there, Maker. If you're loving the show, you can show us your support by becoming one of our patrons on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. We have behind the scenes content. We've got shout outs. We've got links happening. There's a whole bunch of different rewards for becoming a supporter. So head on over to thebusinessofmaking.com forward slash support to find out more. It will really help us to make sure we can keep bringing this show to you every single week. Uh, another point I wanted to bring up was I'm sure a lot of our audience have probably read uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. Yes. Um, familiar with her work, I'm sure. Uh, it's basically all about the process and loving the process and not worrying about so much the outcome. Of course, in business, you have to worry about the outcome. <laughs> to agree. You want to be making a profit. Um, but if your why is connected to the process, then that should be what directs how big you're going to get if that Mm, makes sense mm. like if if that process of making is what is extremely important to you and you don't want to outsource that then you need to be okay with the fact that you're not going to be able to scale and so you need to have that sort of income point in mind when you're thinking about how big you're going to get I think a lot Mm, of people mm. sort of think oh yeah like some people can make a real good go of this handmade thing and they, they are making like thousands and thousands of dollars a month and that's awesome and I want to be there and they get and Jess you've talked about this before that turning your hobby into a business yeah you do have to be business minded but if you are so connected to that actual process of the making then you need to be realistic about how how far you can go in the direction Mm. of where that business is going to take you Mm. yeah there's always going to be a cap there's, there's going to, you're only going to be able to make so much stuff. You're only going to be able to make so much money. If you're, if you want to do all the making yourself in slash all the business stuff yourself, you know, you can outsource other stuff if you want to, but again, you know, that's somebody else bringing on board and blah, blah, blah. And if you don't want that, you don't want that. That's fine. But I, I think you need to be aware of that from the beginning, that there's going to be an upper limit to how much, if you, if you want to stick handmade, there's going to be an upper limit and you have to be okay with that. Yeah, and that is such an important exercise to do. I think, Jess, you do it in your um, program. I do it in mine too, which is kind of like actually looking at the number of like, okay, this is how much um, realistically time I need to create those products versus and comparing that to how much income I actually want to make and going like, oh, okay, that's not possible at all. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't make sense at all. And then putting that pricing into equation as well. Like there really is because we are being marketed those like big businesses, do this, do that. But, you know, look at what kind of products those people are selling. They might be Mm -hmm. selling on Etsy, but are they selling print-on-demand mugs and notebooks? And if so... Uh, that doesn't mean it's not handmade. Like we could go back to this episode that we did. I think it was maybe the second episode we even recorded. Mm. One of the very first one, which was like, what's really handmade? These people are still like hard, you know, like artists and illustrators and stuff, but they can scale in a way that you can't um, necessarily if you're making the products yourself. So, you know, keep that in mind because there is like a ceiling that's called like reality. That's why as a maker of physical, like as jewelry for what I make, I've Mm. always been so jealous of artists because they can scale so much. Like I can put their stuff on all sorts of products and sell them. And, you know, 
That's yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah, no, some don't. Some will tell you, well, then that's not really, you know, like they feel like it waters down kind of yeah. like the art, but that's another, that's another discussion, I guess. Um, but yeah. And then there's the point of like, like I'm about to go through this point of I've been maintaining for a certain amount of time, but I'm actually next year thinking about trying to grow again. And so it's not, a, it's not one or the other. Like, again, this whole, you don't have to make a decision now forever. Remember yes. that whatever decision. Sorry, lock it in, no. lock it in now, and that's uh, what you have to be for the rest of your that's life. That's right. Like, you just decide, well, this year I'm just going to maintain because there's stuff going on. Like, maybe I've got a holiday. Maybe I've got some wedding. One of my kids is getting married or some other drama that's happening. Or just you want to, like, I literally, I think it was last year or the year before, I literally just decided I want to have an easy year. So I'm not going to do anything new. I'm just going to do the stuff that I already do. I'm not going to, I'm not going to create anything new. I'm not going to start anything different. I just want to have a bit of a down year where it's a bit more easy because when you've been doing it for so long, it gets tiring. So you can do that as well. Like maybe you've reached a certain point and you're like, cool, let's just maintain this for a year or two years or six months or whatever, mm. and then change your mind and go, oh, well, uh, maybe, you know, next year I want to change things and ramp things up again. And that's cool. Yeah. Set a new benchmark. Yeah. And I think that goes well with like different seasons in your life as well. You know, like mm-hmm. you might be willing at, the, at some stage to like push because you have more time and you have more energy. And then for some reason, I don't know, you might be pregnant, you might go through some phases where you're like, I want to do less this year. I just want to maintain. I'm not interested in growing. And that's perfectly fine. I think there's something as as well that people don't talk too much about, but I think there's a point where once you start making, oh, that's where that's how I see it. Anyway, that's my theory. (laughs) Once you start making enough to like uh, pay for your bills and a bit of happy times, like you know, you can go out to a restaurant if you want, whatever. You're not, you're not, you don't have a Porsche, but you live Mm. well, and everything (laughs) is paid for, and you're not stressed with money. When you get there it's actually quite hard to get motivated to work more and make more money unless oh, so and there's two reasons, unless <laughs> um, you love a bit more of a luxurious lifestyle and there's usually again, vanity and ego, you know, wrapped up in that. And I'm feeling like people listening to this podcast wouldn't necessarily fall into this category. Or the second one is the second reason you would want to push more is that there's a bigger mission or purpose with, with you know, with what you do. And so that means that maybe your products are spreading a message that's really important for you. Maybe you're working with a charity and so a part of your profit goes back to that. And so that's important to you, but there needs to be that extra layer of motivation because if you're Mm. already comfortable, like as in, you know, in your home and in your life, um, it it gets a bit hard. So it's like, then you just go into like luxury, vanity, ego or (laughs) purpose, mission driven business. And so if, if you find yourself at, at a point where you're like, I don't want to grow, maybe it's because you don't have this bigger sort of purpose and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like it's fine. Your business doesn't need to save the world. Like if it's providing for you, your family and, and it means you're happy, that's fine by me. Uh, that is such a good point, Deb, because that's exactly my, what happened to me. Like I just, we got to the point where I was paying all the bills, saving money, you know, we've paid off our house and we've got a nice car and, you know, those sorts of out external success things. And I kind of, I had this moment a few years ago where I sort of felt like I've arrived, like I've gotten to where <laughs> I wanted to get to. And then I'm just like, yeah, the, then, you know, as you said, the motivation to really push and push and push isn't really there anymore because I really like just being able to like go and lie in my hammock and read a book. So. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. That's yeah, so and, fine. 
Yeah. And then, you know, like I was saying next year, I was thinking about, you know, pushing a little bit more um, for various reasons. And, and that, again, like you said, that can change throughout yeah. your life and maybe like I want to travel a bit more. Well, if I want to travel a bit more, I need to make some more money to yeah. be able to do that. Um, I want to reach more people. Well, I'm going to have to put a bit more effort into marketing and getting out there to more people to reach and help more people. Yeah. So, yeah, finding those motivations as well is, is mm. helpful. Uh, I was listening to something and you guys will know the words because I can't. Well, I'm probably not going to know the word. <laughs> so it's intrinsically motivated yes. and what's of that. Extreme. Uh, <laughs> is it not externally? Yeah, external. Just, external just, you can say externally motivated. Extrinsically. Well, that's hard to say. No. Internal <laughs> or external motivation is probably yeah. the easiest way to say it. Yeah, let's yes. say internally, externally. I agree. I don't know why we need yeah. those other words. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, yes, you should. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can analyze in yourself to a little self order of whether you are intrinsically or externally. <laughs> motivated and what what it is that that's pushing you because if it is external motivation which can be fine but in some ways it's sometimes it's not fine where it's mm. literally it's all the noise around you online that you're hearing like oh six figures six figures six figures mm. and it's like that's like who are you trying to oppress someone by earning six figures <laughs> like why actually do you need to earn six figures yeah. so yeah just doing a little bit of you know self-exploration yeah and also that. show me your bottom line because six figures at the top yes. doesn't necessarily mean six figures at the bottom it's profit not revenue <laughs> yeah yeah big difference here yeah <laughs> but what you said yeah also i just want to reframe and kind of mention the tax thing again what you said there uh tax and expenses i think those two things have to really come into this decision making process again because you know if you're working more and you're spending more are you earning more for the extra work that you're putting in? Are you earning more for the extra like time and effort you're putting in? Or is it just, you know, this big funnel <laughs> where you're throwing money into it and not actually getting much out of it again? Uh, or you're throwing your time into it and not really getting much return on it. So yeah, yeah being aware of that is I think really important as well. Definitely. Yeah. I think uh, that's probably going to be it for this episode, but I know that, there's lots of cars driving by my house right now. <laughs> was I saw a bird before. Who was that? Who yeah, was it was me. I have a okay. Should I tell you? I didn't want to interrupt, but I muted myself. And this bird, it's a bird that comes into my garden really often. It like is my friend. Like it's pretty much a pet, but he lives outside and he's free to go wherever. He's like one of those beautiful king parrot, like those red and oh, green. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. And he finds me and he's very smart and he saw me. And I wasn't obviously getting out of the house to see him. So he got a little bit pissed off at me and he started going at my window and looking at me like, what are you doing? I can see you. I took pictures. I'll, I'll put them in the group if you want um, of him at the window going like, Hey, I'm here. And you're so loud. And I was like, just go away. That is hilarious. Yeah. So this is what happened. Does he have a name or she have a name? Keith. That's how we call him. I, like, I just had a blank. Keith the King Parrot. Oh, lovely. Okay. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> anyway. Um, unrelated stories? Unrelated stories. That's what we do. That's why you're here, isn't it, really, for these stories at the end of the day? Um, yeah, so I think um, that's probably it for this specific topic. We could go into so many other ones. And one point that I did want to bring up was about, um, like, unintentionally staying small and how <laughs> plays a part in that mm. but I think that's another episode that we can dive into that one so you'll have to stay tuned to hear our thoughts on that one okay, but confidence that's a that, really great one yeah all right it's like that could be 10 episodes I think yeah but. we'll definitely do more on that yeah for sure 
Um, before we go, though, I do want to, well, we all do want to give a little shout out to our um, patrons, our most recent patrons that we love so much. You can support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You become a co-producer. We ask you uh, what topics you want to hear about and give you little sneak peeks of our recording and a couple of other fun things as well. So if you wanted to... <laughs> Sorry, like our crazy videos every week. videos, But yes, you can head to... Where can they head to to become a patron? Patreon.com slash T-B-O-M, T-Bomb. And so uh, the people that we want to shout out today are Karen and Marina and Lillian. Thank you guys Thank so, you. so much. Thank you. We really appreciate it and it helps us to keep producing this podcast every week. So that's it for another week of The Business of Making. Thank you all so much. We would love if you would either join us as a Patreon or you can leave a review on wherever you leave reviews for podcasts. <laughs> Mostly <laughs> I, uh, Apple Podcasts is the ideal or over on our, our Facebook page is another great Facebook place. Great yeah. too. So thank you all so much, everyone, and we'll catch you again next week. Thanks all. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.